Hello everyone, you're listening to America Meditating Radio. We collect wisdom, inspire each other, and empower hearts on demand 24-7. I'm Sister Jenna, host of the syndicated America Meditating Radio. Join us as we talk one-on-one with leading experts who answer life's most compelling questions. Because in a world of uncertainty, we need answers right here, right now. America Meditating Radio, a show for everyone to learn more about this amazing thing called life.
It's not something to get rid of. Rather, the way we pay attention to self-aversion is actually the ground of the past. Plants, trees don't stop. 
And so everything has actually felt fairly normal. But for me personally, I love people. And it's been a little difficult to be separated from my friends and family. That's the primary thing. That's what everyone kept saying. How is Sister Jenna going to cope? She's just not a person to stay in a little (laughs) corner. (laughs) I was just like, I can do it. You don't worry about me. I'm involved. I can do it. Then after a month, I was just like, could we just have drive-by seeing each other with love at least? (laughs) (laughs) Which we actually did. I asked everyone, just drive by the house. I just want to see you. (laughs) 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 Said it works. I love it. (laughs) So what do you think, Bonnie, that we're learning from this pandemic? What do you think it's teaching us? Actually, I just read a quote by Brother David Stingleras this morning. It says, when you can't go far, you go deep. And I think the stillness has certainly been an opportunity. Not that everybody has made it that journey, but it's an opportunity to think, be quieter, think more deeply about life, relationships, connect with family in different ways, for better and for worse. But it's really been a great opportunity to for us all. And, you know, I'm so used to traveling. Probably, maybe you are too. I'm so used to being everywhere. And it's been actually a blessed opportunity to be home and really enjoy my home more than I normally do. I have been itching to get on a flight, I have to say. (laughs) I have to say a little bit. The last flight I took was to California for a birthday get-together and the gala for the love button foundation and it was on march 12th and on march 14th they had to cancel so i flew back to washington on the 14th and i had my last session at our museum on the 15th and then on the 16th it's just been online since then but i'm not complaining it's been great Mm -hmm. but you know after a while you do itch i mean we are here to be social beings and i do love internet and the zoom but i want to touch somebody other than my mother (laughs) (laughs) Right? So let's talk about your amazing, Mm -hmm. joyful, and successful life, and congratulations on the release of your new book, Perfectly Paired. Tell us a little bit about how you've evolved into where you are today. I heard that you've recently lost your dear husband, Justin, and my deepest feelings. You never know what to tell someone when you've lost someone so dear. Sometimes I feel like the only thing left for me to do is just to be with them in silence because sometimes I feel the words are not enough. Yeah, Yeah. it's the energy. Hugs, actually, were so important soon after Justin died. It's just physically being hugged. I would say that my book is called Perfectly Paired, The Love Affair behind Silver Oak Sellers, and my life has been a love affair. Love has woven its way through every moment. Even the cover has got a, two glasses of wine with a heart coming out of it. It's the wine was filled with love, and I believe that that is maybe the essence of what has made my life and our business so beautiful and fulfilling. So Silver Oaks is one of the most legendary wines to come out of Napa Valley, and this book is all about your love affair with Justin and how it all grew. Did you ever have any plans of 
doing what you both did before you met, or was this thought in you before you met, Justin, or is it something that evolved after you both met? I met Justin. I had just turned 18. I just started at the university. No, it never occurred to me to be in the wine business. But when we met, he was a Christian Brothers monk. And at that time, Christian Brothers was one of the largest and most successful wineries in the United States. And he was being groomed to be president of that winery. He was at the university to get more technical knowledge of viticulture and winemaking. So he was in the wine business. That was where he was headed. So it was his profession. So did you all have the property before, and then you looked for property? Tell us a little bit. How did it all get started? Well, Christian brothers don't get married. And we knew each other. We were friends, fell in love with each other, but didn't think we could ever be a couple. And five years later, he decided to leave the monastic life. So we were married. And the sum total of our fortune when we were married is he had a dog and I had a car. (laughs) (laughs) So we didn't have a clear plan, but we had a dream. And dreams are so important. Our intentions are powerful. Our visions of the future are powerful. And we had a great education. So those things combined materialized fairly quickly. Right before we were married, he happened to meet a man who had just bought 500 acres of dairy land in the middle of the Napa Valley. He wanted somebody to farm it. And he found Justin and he said, hey, would you farm my property? And he says, I don't really want to do that. I want to start a winery. So in one conversation, one evening, they decided to be partners. So we started Silver Oak. We crushed our first grapes the same week we were married. Do you still miss them? Oh, yeah. It's been almost 20 years, actually, Sister Jenna. But when somebody's that much a part of you, yes, I miss his physical presence much way less than I did at first. Sure. But we have grown into a relationship. Actually, one of the reasons I wanted to write this book is to help people understand through my stories that our relationships continue after someone dies. Yes. That we are definitely more than our physical body. So we have evolved into this beautiful, I guess I'd call it a spiritual relationship that was always there that certainly is the primary relationship now. When you say that we are beyond this physical body, what do you mean? We are more than a physical body. Could you elaborate? Yes. In my experience, I sense it's more than a belief. I know from my meditation, from my connections with Justin, that are extraordinary. I know that this physical body and this life experience is like being in a movie, and I can go beyond that. We do. We live on. And I have connected with him in the spirit realm, as well as other people, my parents and others. Do you still feel his spirit now? Oh, definitely. And in fact, as time has gone on, I can just think of him as literally as I'm sitting here right now talking with you, I can mm-hmm. feel his embrace behind me. It's like he's True. just got his big bear paws over my heart. And How interesting yeah. is that? 
Wow. Mm-hmm. I'm actually feeling that presence. It's so incredible. That's beautiful. I must feel like pausing, but we need to carry on. Uh, the book has you know, bits and pieces of wisdom scattered throughout it. What aspect in the book you tend to turn back to again and again that really takes you at a deeper level? I would say that there are a number of reasons I wrote the book. I wanted to make help people understand that the paranormal is normal, that this connection beyond life is normal. Most people who have lost somebody significant have these experiences but don't talk about them. That extraordinary relationship can become common. That we all actually long for deep relationships. And we can have it. It's in our nature that values plus passion can create a beautiful business. But probably the most important, the one that I come back to, is that relationship can be a crucible of transformation, alchemical transformation. Very true. There's a part in the book that you talk about the hair dryer going off. Can you tell us <laughs> no. about that? <laughs> 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 so there was a wall-mounted hair dryer in our bathroom and it's the kind that used to be you see commonly in hotels you take the handle off and the hair dryer would go on and you'd use it to dry your hair and then you'd hang it back up and it would stop well where he would you know wash his face and brush his teeth and his elbow would hit the thing and it would go off it's um well, was seated, and it just drove him nuts. He hated it, and he had a butch haircut, so he certainly did not need a hairdryer. But I used it. I liked it, so it remained on the wall, but he really didn't like it. Two days after he died, I went into the bathroom, and the hairdryer started going. So I lifted it up and put it back on where it was supposed to be, and it didn't stop. And I lifted it up and put it back, and it didn't stop. And I did that three or four times and kind of shrugged my shoulders, and I thought, wow, I guess it's broken. And then it stopped. And from that moment on, every time I walked into our bedroom, the bathroom was kind of connected to it, the hairdryer would go off. And in particular, if I was really in deep grief, the hairdryer would go really loud, and then as I calmed down, it would calm down and then quiet. And so obvious that it was him. But the really funny thing, it just shows his sense of humor, or <laughs> the crazy thing is that how much he hated it. And he used something that he hated. <laughs> to let you know he was around. <laughs> yeah. Wow. I know, right? What a character. He never got scared? Oh, no. No, it was comforting. You know, all the different ways he let me know that he was around. It was really comforting. He would turn the stereo on for my daughter when it was kind of time for her to finish doing her homework and go to sleep. And her stereo would go on to her favorite song. Isn't that something? Yeah. I would have been been running, Bonnie. I'm sorry. I would have been, like, (laughs) out of there. I don't care how close I was. I would have been going. Really? (laughs) What about those lucid dreams that you had? It was like a synchronicity that actually led you to the Monroe Institute in Virginia. 
I love that institute. For our audience, the Monroe Institute is a place where people go to explore and research consciousness and the invisible world. So could you share a little overview on your experience there? What was that like? Well, first about lucid dreams. After Justin died, I had a few lucid dreams of him and not a big dreamer. I don't usually remember my dreams. These were wonderful. I was fully participating and we would just kind of talk about the kids and ordinary stuff. And then I'd wake up and I'd feel breath, you know, that, ah, he was here. He was so immediate and now he's gone again. And I wanted to be able to have those dreams more often. And a friend happened to give me a book by Robert Monroe where he explained how he would have these spontaneous out-of-body experiences and connect with people in the spirit world. And I thought, wow, that's a way for me to have something like this connection. So I went there, and within, I think, day number four, I was meditating, and all of a sudden, it was right there in front of me. It was a profound experience. Yeah. Goes to show we live continued. on. Such a beautiful story. It's like a Romeo and Juliet story I'm listening to. <laughs> well, it can be all of our stories and we surrender and open to love and open to our partner, open to God. It can be all of our story. Now we've all gone through struggles, some health, some financial, some relationship and maybe even all the above. You've overcome your own struggles of health, including your experiences with cancer. Where do you find the strength to move through the challenges that you've faced? The hardest time was right when Justin died. Somehow without me being conscious of it, he had become my reason for living. And I was just barely recovering from a pretty extreme cancer surgery, and I was still pretty weak. I was struggling. I wanted to be where he was. I wanted to die. Not because I didn't want to live necessarily, but I wanted to be where he was. But I first looked at my children, and they just had this fear in their eyes. They had just lost their dad, and they knew that my health was not good. They were really afraid to lose me, too. And it was that that really helped me dig in and say, okay, i got to do everything that I can to recover from the deep loss and recover from cancer. Then over time, at this moment where I'm now, it's that regenerative investing. And the people, the social entrepreneurs who are in the field every day, in their business every day, working to make the world better, to make society better, that's what I'm passionate about. So tell us a little bit about the foundation that you run. Actually, I don't have a foundation. I have a something called a donor advice fund. My investments really are just money that came from the sale of our partnership in the Silver Oak. So I invest my money, family money, into these enterprises. And they're doing well, I'm sure. They are. You know, ironically enough, when you invest, when you work, and it comes from your values, it's usually create beautiful outcomes. So in terms of where we are now, you've been through so much of a journey. You've carried the love of your life still tucked in your heart and in your soul and 
I guess in so many ways. As you continue to move forward, what are some of the visions or the dreams that pulls you forward? You know, I always believe that either your past is pulling you back or the vision is pulling you forward. So what have you been recognizing in your quiet moments on the farm? What's that thought that's been pulling Bonnie forward? Like, this is Bonnie's next five years, her next stage in life. What have you been seeing? Farmers are slow. (laughs) We are making very slow but steady progress towards something called regenerative farming, where instead of being depleted, the soil gets better every year, and uh, what you're growing is uh, better, more nourishing, more flavorful year after year. And so we're headed in that direction, and that's one thing that excites me. Yeah, that's really beautiful. We have this process called yogic farming, so we plant all these fruits and vegetables, and the students, the volunteers, the brothers and the sisters, they go out to the farm. We have like 100 acres, and we go out there, and they literally sit in the farm in meditation. And if I could show you how big those fruits are, I would swear it was something (laughs) normal. It was like, this is not even right. This doesn't make sense. It's true, though, when we become more conscious that we need to take care of the earth, we need to take care of ourselves and each other, because all of it has to be sustained and we have to leave something behind for the generations to come, that we will think about these mindful approaches and put just a little bit of that extra effort in to at least kick-start it so that it starts to move on its own and it just becomes automatic, just like how capitalism is automatic Mm -hmm. today. You know, there was a time Mm -hmm. we were bartering and sharing our gifts with each other. And so Mm -hmm. I think for me this pandemic is really waking up every sector of the society and is asking us to really find ways that we can think about sustainable ways of coexisting on this earth Mm -hmm. for ourselves, for each other, for the nature, for the planet. It's been a very profound time for me to think really much more deeper as I grow into my antiquity. It's been an amazing time. Anything more you'd like to share about Perfectly Peered? And one of the things, what were you going through in the writing of the memoir? Like, was there something that used to stick out for you? Well, the memoir itself is a gift of love. Writing it was difficult. I cried a lot (laughs) as I went into and remembered deeply different experiences that were hard especially loss experiences. But it's my gift to the people. It is a bit like a treasure map. And through the stories, through the laughter and the tears when people read it, they can see a path to an extraordinary relationship. And so it's really a gift of love. What do you think the world needs more of now? I listened to your program yesterday and you were talking about fear. My friend Jerry Jumpowski was famous for saying love is letting go of fear. We need to step out of fear and into love. Yes. And what do you think is taking us off course as a culture, as a society, especially in America? I almost never listen to the news, but there's so much anger 
and fear-inducing rhetoric that I find very toxic. So when we pay attention to that, it definitely takes us off course. If you were president of the United States, what's the first thing you'd do? Oh, it's pretty radical, sister. (laughs) (laughs) You're on America Meditating Radio. You're protected. (laughs) I get it. Don't worry. I can read between the lines of that one. (laughs) I would make sure that everyone was supported, that we actually had free education, free health care, and actually a minimum income. I notice that the countries that have those things, it really supports their well-being, spiritually, emotionally, and physically. And what's your prayer for the world? My prayer for the world is always, maybe in every moment, step in to peace and love and know that we are one with each other. That's perfect. Bonnie Meyer, thank you so much for joining us on air. Where can our listeners find out more information about your new book, Perfectly Paired, and about Meyer Family Enterprises? Perfectly Paired is soon to be on Amazon in physical form. It's there mm-hmm. as an ebook. BonnieMeyer.com, B-O-N-N-Y-M-E-Y-E-R.com. You can buy the book there. MS Enterprises is where you can read a little bit more about regenerative investing and farming. Beautiful. Any final words you'd like to share with our amazing audience? Well, my wish for all of you is peace and extraordinary love, passion, and wellness, always. We feel that. Thank you so much. Bonnie Meyer, all the very best. Stay safe and to be continued. Thank you so much. Bye. You're welcome. Bye-bye. That was Bonnie Meyer, author of the upcoming book that's going to be on Amazon pretty soon, Perfectly Peered, The Love Affair Behind Silver Oak Cellars. For more information, go to Bonnie Meyer, B-O-N-N-Y-M-E-Y-E-R.com. You know, in this lifetime, I've never had a soulmate that is a physical soulmate. And I look forward to maybe bumping into that in some other future life. It must be so incredible to... Hold someone so dearly within you, even if they've departed from you 20 years ago. It's like they're still there. So as Bonnie said, you know, the soul moves on. It's here. The body is different. It's a different package. But it's the soul, really, that you're having a relationship with. Always remember that, okay? Here's Paul Leftenegger. Be love and remember this. Nobody can take away your happiness unless you give them permission. And we really are here to love each other the same. Don't forget to pause every hour and hour and keep sending your peace to the nation. And send peace to our police officers. Let them chill a little bit. Here's Paul Leftenegger. Let's get some more love in this space. The ways of love begin from within That every child Is a gift from heaven's gates And all that is And all that will ever be And all that will ever be All the power of love comes from within And the suns come out and shine new light It's the dawn of a new world today And peace 
will bring freedom In our new world There'll be no more For in our new world There's only joy It's the dawn of a new world today I'm Sister Jenna. You've been listening to America Meditating Podcast. You can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Did you enjoy that conversation? Because you can also listen to it on Spotify or on iTunes, 24-7, anytime, anywhere. I do trust we all have inner power to become our very best. When we listen with curiosity to learn more, we grow. So thanks so much for tuning in, and do be easy on yourself. Take care.